Welcome to Artistic Accomplices. I'm your host, Eric Scott, coming at you with another episode all about art, creativity, and learning. We all could use a little creative nudge every now and then that will prod us, encourage us, and give us a shot of inspiration. Well, Artistic Accomplices is the podcast that gives you just that, that gives you the small doses of motivation and creative encouragement as you make, create, play, and live. Like I said, I'm Eric Scott, and I'm sharing my thoughts on art, creativity, and learning, and I'm going to interview artists, writers, educators, and much, much more. So like the gym buddy that motivates you to hit the gym on a regular basis, Artistic Accomplices is that little voice in your ear telling you to hit the studio or pull out the paints or pick up the pen. So let's dive into our episode today. All right, all right. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Artistic Accomplices. I'm very excited for this fourth episode. This episode is all about creativity. Well, I guess most of my episodes have been so far, um, but I really wanted to kind of dive into what creativity is and why people just believe that they're not. I mean, if you talk to certain people, they will say, I don't have a creative bone in my body. And I kind of scratch my head and I'm, I think, well, I didn't realize that creativity was a bone. But I'll get into that a little bit more later. But I just kind of want to start off with this this question. You know, if everyone is creative, and I do believe that, I, I feel like I know that, then why do so many people believe that they are not? And I think it's in part that people have just sort of forgotten about their creativity. They've closed themselves off over the years. Um and they just they just kind of accept that they're not creative. Uh, also, I think there are a lot of myths about creativity that people just have have bought into over the years. So I, I want to talk about some of that today. Um, so if we really think about this idea of creativity, uh, a lot of creators, a lot of artists, writers, musicians, they really help perpetuate these myths that surround creativity. And actually, I think they do it in part on purpose, that they they like keeping these myths going because it's, it's, a you know, it, 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 it helps them. It makes them feel special. It makes it seem like what we do as artists, as writers, as creators are is somehow beyond normal you know, beyond the, the normal person. And I think a lot of artists kind of like that and they, they want to continue that. They have, they have a stake in perpetuating these myths. So as I, I come across artists and writers and other creators talking about creativity, a lot of times I hear them use this sort of flowery, very poetic language to describe what it is. You know, so you'll hear them say, oh, it's a form of magic, you know, that there's something magical about it. I don't quite understand it. It just sort of, you know, comes out of the sky. Um, you hear a term divine inspiration a lot that, you know, that that God is speaking through them. And then, a lot, you know, even going back to the ancient Greeks, the ancient Greeks had their muses that, you know, here are these mythological 
uh, creatures, these beings that are speaking through them. And so I, I think a lot of artists kind of dig that. that they, they really want people to believe that it's something that's mythical or magical or divine. Um, and it, it makes them feel special. Uh, I, I think it, it, it kind of feeds into the ego. I mean, you know, to really think about like, oh, I have uh, this this mythical, magical uh, gift, then that, that really makes me feel special. And it really makes me, um, you know, kind of feeds my ego a little bit. It's just a lot sexier to say that, to, to speak like that, to perpetuate these myths than to admit that creativity actually is very mundane, that it's a mundane thing that everyone has. So I, I think artists are at fault in part for perpetuating um, these myths. And that's created this like kind of status quo around art. So if we are talking about creativity, if we are talking about these myths, then we need to kind of have a very simple definition of what creativity is. And then from there, we can kind of talk about, you know, how everyone is creative. So I want to turn to uh, to somebody else that really is a an expert on creativity, and he's somebody that I admire. That I've read his books, I've seen his videos, and you know, like I've said before, like I will say again and again, I steal ideas. So, um, like any good artist, like any good teacher, you steal ideas and you kind of expand upon them and expound upon them. So I want to talk a little bit about Ken Robinson. So if you're not familiar with Sir Ken Robinson, I highly recommend looking up his videos, looking up his books. But he really came to the forefront back in 2006 for his first TED Talk. And in this TED Talk, uh, he talks about creativity. And the title of this talk is actually, Do Schools Kill Creativity? And at this date, it's been viewed almost 56 million times. And I think it's actually the, the most popular TED Talk because, you know, teachers and students and just general people uh, have watched this and it's resonated with it. So if you're not familiar with TED, TED, TED stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. And every year they put on like a big conference and they have these speakers and they speak for like 19 minutes like less than 20 minutes they speak and they, they, uh, their motto is this, this notion of ideas worth spreading. And so in this TED talk, you know, Ken Robinson is talking about creativity and talking about how little kids are extremely creative. Young kids are very creative. And so what happens, you know, as we grow older, we all have this thing, this education thing in common. And so he sort of ponders, you know, our schools really killing the creativity is it you know the the are we conforming to ideas are we you know afraid to be wrong um and so you know he really talks about that but i i i don't want to go into that video i mean you guys can watch it and uh, i mean it's it's out there just go to ted ted.com um but i wanted to talk about his definition of creativity so in 2001 ken robinson uh, released his book out of our minds learning to be creative so it's a book all about creativity and he lays out a definition and some myths 
about creativity and I just kind of feel like hey he's already done that I don't need to like come up with something totally new and uh, I'm going to piggyback on what he has to say so for Ted or for Ken Robinson his definition of creativity is the process of developing original ideas that have value that's it there's there's nothing mythical or mystical or magical or divine in his definition the process of developing original ideas that have value so it's simple it's direct it's easy to understand but I think sometimes people will take issue with two words in that that definition original and value so they'll get caught up in like oh well original what does that mean like is that into uh, original like you know nothing's really original in all of human history you know everything's kind of been done before and that might be true i mean actually there's another ted talk by kirby ferguson uh called embrace the remix and that was from 2012 and he really talks about how artists and creators do take what has come before and kind of put their own spin on it and he uses uh bob dylan as an example and he talks about how bob dylan took these folk songs from like a previous generation and put his own spin on it and, and became a new voice in the the folk genre of music um austin cleon is an artist and uh, he has a popular book out there called steal like an artist and again he's talking about this notion that artists borrow and take from other people so yeah we can argue that there might not be anything original out there but you know i think when ken robinson i can't really speak for him but i think for me whenever i i hear that or see that word original i'm not thinking about it as this like big grand thing that you know it's it's original to all of humankind um i think you know it's original to the individual so, you know, we are all capable of coming up with something that's original for us, for using our imagination and coming up with, with an original new idea. The other part of that definition that I think some people will take exception to is the word value. Again, you know, what does that mean, value? So some people will be like, oh, well, does that mean you have to make a living at it? Does it mean you have to change the world? Is that what we mean by value? But again, I want to. I, I think it's value for the individual. You know, if I come up with something, a piece of art or a solution to a problem, if it's something that I'm like, hey, oh, that's awesome. You know, that then I like it. That has value to me, and that's that's all the further it has to go. Um, you know, it solved a problem or it pleased myself or somebody else. So it doesn't have to have this huge impact on society to have value it can have value just for myself so i think if we really look at that definition again the process of developing original ideas that have value that's a very simple definition and anybody can do that and actually i would argue that everybody does that probably on a daily basis but I'll get into that in a, a little bit uh, later. So <clears throat> I want to dive into these myths of creativity because I, I think that's where a lot of people get blocked up, get stopped 
in their tracks because, you know, they, first of all, they have this misconception about creativity being this very magical, mythical, divine kind of thing that it strikes like, like lightning. And that leads to these myths. Again, I'm going to steal from Ken Robinson. So thank you, Sir Ken, for your your uh, work on creativity. Like I said, I'm going to piggyback on it. <clears throat> so in his book, Out of Our Minds, Ken Robinson talks about these myths and he, he lists four of them, or at least I take it as four because there are four different categories in this uh, certain section. But I've heard him talk on other videos and he talks about three. So a couple of these sometimes he combines so he he, you know, he doesn't have them numbered or labeled as like this is myth number one this is myth number two uh but in the book he talks about these four things <clears throat> when he's talking about myths so the first one is special people that creativity is all about special people creative geniuses basically so if we think about the likes of picasso or uh Alan Haley or Einstein or Jane Austen, you know, these people that have had a big impact on lives who have, who are famous for their uh, creativity or their inventions or the things that they've done that those that's, that's what creativity is. It's only people like that, that have had this profound impact on the world that are famous for their creating. That's what, that's what creativity is about. So, you know, it's easy for people to say, hey, I'm no Da Vinci or Madame Curie, so I'm, I'm not creative. But I think that's like really setting that bar high, that kind of thinking that that's the only kind of creativity just sort of sets yourself up for failure from the very beginning. So, you know, this idea that creativity is only about these special people these creative geniuses is just an easy way to say hey you know what i'm not even gonna try so anyway um moving on uh the idea that creativity is about special activity so there are people that that maybe don't narrow creativity down to like these creative geniuses but they say oh you know creativity is is really about special activities special fields like the arts like design or marketing or invention um so that there are these creative fields these creative endeavors and there are non-creative fields and a lot of times we we think about you know how this is about making a living. So again, going back to that idea that creativity has to have this value as far as it, it allows you to make a living. Um, so again, it's easy for people to say, hey, you know, I'm not an artist. I'm not a scientist. I'm not creative. I, 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 I don't have that creative bone in my body. Um, so that if we, if we say that creativity is, is about a certain task or a certain field or a certain livelihood, then it is easy just to kind of dismiss creativity and say that we are not creative at all. But I would argue, and I think a lot of people argue, is that you can be creative in every endeavor. Everything that you do, you can be creative. I mean, there's creativity in sports. You know, so um, if you're coaching sports, like what is the creativity there? Some people might say, well, you know, it's it's designing 
a perfect offense that's going to be hard to de- defend against. It's go- it's a devising a strategy. Um, even at players have to be creative. Like in that moment, they have to come up with something original. They may have a thought that pops in their head that all of a sudden, like, oh, if I do this, then I can dunk the ball and, and score points. So this idea that there are only special activities like the arts, like design, like marketing, like advertisement is really playing a disservice to all those other fields out there where creativity is a key component, but we just don't recognize it as that. So that's the second kind of myth. They're the second myth. Um, The third myth that he talks about in his book is this idea that we're born with it, that creativity is something that you're born with and that you have it or that you don't. And this I have a, a huge problem with, you know, this idea that we're born with it or not goes back to this notion of talent. I, I hate that word. I don't believe in that word that, you know, we just have a talent for something that it does, you know, it just comes naturally and that either you have it or you don't. I mean, in, in one of the podcasts, I talk about Kobe Bryant and how he would go out and practice and practice and practice and practice and Picasso yeah he's a great artist because he was always making art so the more you do something the better you you get at it so you know again I think this is where that that term that phrase that that a lot of people say you know I don't have a creative bone in my body I don't have talent I don't have the skill to be creative and I just think that's bogus um I think that we we are born with it. And all you have to do is look at kids. Okay. The final myth is this idea that, you know, creativity is all about free expression. That creativity is about, you know, uninhibited expression, running wild, letting go. That it's about running amok, uh, flinging paint, being all touchy-feely. And I, th- I think there are people that just have a problem with that. Like, oh, I... I I'm very logical. I'm very sensible. I don't, I'm not creative because of that, but you could be logical and be creative. It's not exclusive. You, you know, it's not, I'm one way or another. Um, and so I think a lot of people get caught up in that, 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 you know, Oh, Jackson Pollock was out there just flinging paint and they don't realize, no, he was actually very logical, very methodical in the way he dripped the paint and that it wasn't just out there throwing paint all over the place. But I I think that's how artists often are, are uh, portrayed in books and movies and TV shows. And, you know, I, I kind of, you know, this, this uh, creative types are always kind of portrayed as sort of, you know, hippy dippy artsy fartsy kind of, kind of uh, people. And it's like, we're not like that. You know, and so, you know, there's this like stereotype out there. So people are, are kind of put off by it and like, oh, I'm not like that. And so by associating a certain kind of person or uh, mood or um, personality with what creativity is, you know, there are just a lot of people that, oh, I'm not creative. And I, I think these myths actually tie into something that has come up a lot in the education world as of late this idea of fixed mindset versus growth mindset that if you believe that that you know you're never going to get any smarter or more creative 
that you you know you're born with a talent and there's nothing you can do about it that's a fixed mindset and so that just basically means that like you know there is a a, a certain intelligence that we're we're born with and there's nothing we can do to become more intelligent um you know or more creative the growth mindset really is about yeah i can learn things i can change i can grow i can become better at things and i always find it interesting how people might have a very growth mindset with physical activities like sports and things like oh yeah you're going to get better you have to practice and get better at it but things like creating uh you know with music or art or other creative endeavors it's sort of like oh well no i have i have a certain set talent and i just don't have a talent for that and it's like well you just need to practice and you know when you look at somebody who can play the piano a lot of times you're not seeing the years and years and years of practice that they went through all all the mistakes uh, the hours that they put in to learn their scales and get better and we just say oh i couldn't do that um so when we have this fixed mindset when we buy into these these myths about creativity we really see this as like creativity is something that we're born with. It's something very special. Only special people have it. And, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there that just don't believe that they are creative, that they're special. So um, they don't see creativity as something that is much more mundane. And if we step back, we can actually see in our daily lives how we are creative and i know a lot of people will sit there and they will be very resistant to this and they'll say again i don't have a creative bone in my body i'm not creative i'm not artsy i'm not this i'm not that but again it's just sort of that that notion of of going back they're they're blocked by these myths but i want to use an analogy that just sort of popped into my head you know so um this is where that creativity is i was just sort of thinking about all of this and i i, I thought about how creativity is like breathing you know we never had to learn to breathe it is just something that is natural it's just something that happens you do it without thought it's automatic and I believe that with creativity. You know, you don't need to learn how to be creative because you are. You just naturally are. It's, it's in our original programming. And even if you are a person that believes, hey, I'm not creative whatsoever. I don't have an ounce of creativity. I think if you really looked at your life, you could actually see moments of creativity in it. And I used this example before. I'll use it again and again because you have to just look at young children. I mean, I, I had 20 years of teaching experience. Well, counting the last two years, I have 22, 23 years of teaching experience of working with kids of all ages. And it. I was always amazed whenever I teach little kids, um, especially the younger ones, you know, that are around five or six years old. And how many of them come in 
to an art class and are just brimming with ideas. And everybody's like that as a kid. You know, it's like those kids didn't have to learn how to be creative. They just are. They're, they're instinctively creative. They're curious about things. They want to learn. They want to grow. Um, and, you know, you, you ask kids to create something. You ask kids to come up with ideas. And they just do it. And I think it's because they have less experience than adults do. Um, and so as we grow, as we get older, we just get concerned with certain things that get in the way of our creativity or help us sort of close ourselves off to it. So, you know, first of all, we, we, we tend to kind of uh, get caught up in how other people perceive us. So, you know, we want to we conform. And that leads to a decline, I think, in our creativity that we want to conform, we want to be like other people. And, you know, if, if we're just sort of spouting out these random creative ideas and doing these kind of weird things, as, as you know, a lot of times cre- creative people are portrayed as, you know, these weirdos, these kind of strange, odd folk. And there's just a lot of people who are like, oh, I don't want to be classified like that. And, and so I think that also comes back to our ego you know we don't want to be silly or stupid or seen as being you know weird or crazy so we sort of stifle we sort of push that creative instinct down and of course being right or wrong I mean I I talked about this before but I think with our education system you know it's all about having the right answer and if you don't have the right answer you've gotten it wrong and you fail but any artist knows any creator knows this, this notion of trial and error. Like you're going to do stuff and you're going to get it so wrong and it's going to go horrible and you're just going to like scratch your head being like, oh my goodness, what happened here? But if you just said, okay, I'm wrong. That, that didn't work out. Okay, I'm not an artist. I'm just going to give up. Then yeah, you're, you never, never are going to be creative. You're never going to be a creator. You're never going to be a, a musician or a songwriter or a baker or a chef, you're just going to like give up. And so I think that's what happens. A lot of times people are like, Oh, that didn't turn out the way I'd hoped. So that must mean I'm not creative. I'm not artistic. I'm not whatever. So little kids show us that everyone's creative because we were all little kids at one time. And so like breathing, you know, we aren't aware of our creativity often. I mean, we are creative in our daily lives every time we're solving problems or every time we are using our imagination. You know, so whenever we're using our imagination to try to project what's going to happen in the future, we're being creative. We're coming up with something new. We're, we're coming up with something that hasn't happened. And just like we're not aware of our breathing, I think a lot of times we're not aware of our own creativity. And it's it's partly because it's it's this mundane thing. It happens every day. We make creative decisions. We do creative things every single day. And I'm not talking about the artists that go into their studio every day and make art. I'm talking about just living your life. You are making creative decisions every day. The problem is that we just take it for granted like we take our breathing for granted. 
since since this creativity that we're exploring, doing, making, involved in every day isn't big or artistic or world-changing, we're not noticing it. So we have to become aware of it. And it's just like our breath. So throughout our day, we probably don't think about our breathing very much. We take it for granted. It just happens. You know, we breathe in, we breathe out. And only when our breath is compromised or we're forced to be aware of it, do we then become aware of it? So, you know, if you have a stuffed up nose because you have a cold, you become very aware of your breath. It's hard to breathe. When we become aware of our breath, all of a sudden it changes. We can breathe deeper. We can take in more oxygen. We can slow it down. Our breath becomes much I can't really think of the word, but it becomes much more just by taking notice of it. So the quality of our breath changes as soon as we pay attention to it. There's one group of people that are very aware of their breath. So anybody who's a swimmer, especially if you're a competitive swimmer. So these swimmers, you know, you take people like Michael Phelps they have to be aware of their breath. So they didn't have to learn to breathe. That was just something that we do automatically. But they had to learn to breathe effectively, efficiently. They had to strengthen their breath. They had to learn to hold their breath for a longer time. They had to learn to take in the oxygen that was going to sustain them as they swam. And that was something that they were able to learn, just like creativity. So with creativity, we can learn to, to create more effectively, to use our creativity more, our creativity more efficiently. We can strengthen our creativity. We can develop our creativity when we become aware of it. And that's the part I think that's really hard is we're not aware of it. And so, oh, we're not aware of it, so I must not be creative. But again, looking at our daily lives, are there moments when we're coming up with original ideas that have value? And I would say yes, every time we're problem solving. You know, so if you're like, oh, I have a leak in my plumbing. If you're like me, you have to come up with a way to solve that problem. How do I solve this problem? I have a leak. I don't have the money to get a plumber to come in and look at it. I'm going to have to fix it myself. So that's, that's just an everyday problem that can, that can come up. But even just thinking about, oh, what's for dinner? You know, so sometimes it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to have this. I forgot that I had this in the freezer. I'm going to pull that out. That's a creative decision. Oftentimes, our wardrobe, what we're wearing, that's a creative decision, how we wear our hair. That's a creative decision. But again, a lot of people just don't think of it that way. But if we really become aware of it, we can really change the quality of our creativity. And I think if we look at the things that limit us, so limitations 
are something that help our creativity. I know it sounds kind of weird, but to quote Rollo May, who was a, a psychologist that was really interested in creativity, um, he said, creativity requires limits for the creative act arises out of the struggle of human beings with and against that which limits them. And, you know, that's not the only place that I've heard this or seen this. There's another TED Talk, uh, a TED Talk by Phil Hansen that he talks about embracing the shake. So in this video, Phil Hansen is an artist and uh, he developed a tremor in his hand. And he went to the doctor and found out that it was nerve damage. And so he was physically not able to do the art that he had always been doing. And he went to the doctor and, you know, his hand's shaking. His hand just developed this tremor. It would shake. And, you know, he was telling his doctor about it. And the doctor just said, you know, maybe you need to embrace the shake. So the shake is a limitation. That doesn't mean that you have to stop making art. How, do, how can you use that limitation? How can you push up against that limitation and do something creative? So, again, we, our creativity comes out, it starts to shine when we are struggling with these things that limit us. I was always impressed as a teacher of 20-some years, um, especially high school students. So I taught, let's see, 10, 12 years at the high school level. I still teach a summer program of high school-aged kids. And I was always impressed at their level of creativity when they were trying to get around the rules, when they were breaking the rules of the school or of the classroom. Was always amazed at it. Um, they would always come up with ingenious ways of getting around the rules. Um, so back eight, 10 years ago, when I was teaching at the high school level, uh, you know, that's when cell phones were really becoming big. They were becoming a, a big problem. And so the rule was that kids were not allowed to have their cell phones out. They weren't allowed to use them. They weren't allowed to listen to music. They weren't allowed to text. They weren't allowed to call. And I was always amazed at the, how the kids found out ways. First of all, you know, you could tell like kids were texting because they, you know, all of a sudden they're looking into their laps and it's like, okay, um, yeah, I know what you're doing. But even thinking about like how they would listen to music. So they would like put in one ear earbud and they would run the cord down their sleeve or under their shirt or they'd put their hand up. They would just find these ways to break the rule, to get around it. That this was a limitation and they weren't going to let them let these limitations stop them. And so thinking about what limits you what are some of the limitations? That's where you might be able to start to see your own creativity. So if you are one of these people who really believes that they're not creative, but you want to be more creative, well, you need to first become aware of your own creativity and how you are already being creative. So I'm going to challenge you. 
I'm going to challenge you to go through your life over the next day or week or month and look at all the ways that you are creative. Look at those little moments during the day when you are solving problems or thinking about something new where you are coming up with something that's original to you doesn't have to be original to all of humankind and in all of human history and that it has value of some sort so maybe it is about oh what's for dinner so think about that try to become aware of your creativity because only by becoming aware of it can we then develop it can we uh, start to figure out how to strengthen it how to be more efficient with it so that's my my challenge to you to anybody that is listening become aware of your own creativity and in future episodes I'm going to talk about how we then can develop our creativity how we can become more efficient with it how we can strengthen it um, but for now I just really wanted to to talk about a common definition a simple definition that we can all use and I wanted to talk about these myths because I think we need to start dispelling them getting them out of our way saying you know what this is just a myth this is something that that our society that our culture has made up and I don't need to really listen to it I don't need to follow it and so I, I think if we can start confronting those myths and real, realizing that they're myths and realizing that creativity is not this magical mystical divine kind of thing then we can really appreciate and we can really connect with our creativity we can open up to our creativity all right i think that's going to wrap it up for us today just want to leave you with that final thought that try to spend a little bit of time over the the coming days or weeks and see how you are already creative because if we can become aware of it, trying to focus in on that awareness, then you might really uh, realize that you are already creative because I know it, I believe it, and I want everybody to believe in their own creativity. And like I said, in the coming weeks, I will share with you ways, ideas, and strategies that you can use to develop and strengthen and reconnect with your creativity. So thank you so much for joining me for episode number four. Please join me in two weeks. That's right, two weeks from now for our next episode. So thank you and happy creating. This has been Artistic Accomplices. I'm your host, Eric Scott. Thank you for joining me.